In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being here with us in the Blessed Sacrament. Although not yet exposed, we believe that you are really, truly, substantially present here in our midst, body, blood, heart, and soul, and divinity. We believe that you have called us each by name, that you have created us and redeemed us out of love to be in relationship with you, to know you, to be loved by you, to love you in return, to grow in love with you and through you and in you. We believe that you provide for us, that you care for us. Please increase our faith. Help us to have an experience of your providence and mercy here this afternoon as we spend more time with you in prayer. Mother Mary, St. Joseph, we ask you to pray for us. And our prayers that we would be open, that our minds and hearts would be open to receive what God wants to give us, the gift that God wants to give us here this afternoon. And so let's pray together in the words Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Let's continue here in his presence, reflecting on the nature of prayer and how God calls us to pray and helps us to pray. So number 2670 from the Catechism. 2670, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Every time we begin to pray to Jesus, it is the Holy Spirit who draws us on the way of prayer by his prevenient grace, which means that his grace is at work already before we ask for the gift to pray. Since he teaches us to pray by recalling Christ, how could we not pray to the Spirit too? That is why the church invites us to call upon the Holy Spirit every day, especially at the beginning and the end of every important action. So we said that it's the Holy Spirit's job to reveal to us the heart of Christ and also to communicate to us his thoughts, his affections, his desires, his power. So there's this divine communication that the Holy Spirit facilitates. You guys can be seated.
another word on meditation. This is number 2705. Meditation is above all a quest. The mind seeks to understand the why and how of the Christian life in order to adhere and respond to what the Lord is asking. The required attentiveness is difficult to sustain. We are usually helped by books and, the Christ, and Christians do not want for them the scriptures, etc. To meditate, number 2706, to meditate on what we read helps us to make it our own by confronting it with ourselves. Here another book is opened, the book of life. We pass from thoughts to reality. To the extent that we are humble and faithful, we discover in meditation the movements that stir the heart and we are able to discern them. It is a question of acting truthfully in order to come into the light. Lord, what do you want me to do? Even more than what you want me to do, Lord, what do you want me to know? Lord, what do you want me to know about you? What do you want me to know about myself? And Lord, help me to discern the, the thoughts and the, and the fears that don't come from you. That's another great thing to do in prayer. Another good thing to ask in prayer. When you notice yourself feeling anxious, when you notice a certain tension in yourself, in any circumstance, whatever it might be, it's good to bring that to prayer. Because it's, it's true that life can leave its mark on us. Sin can leave a mark on our hearts, in our minds, even in our bodies. And it can leave us struggling to know the truth, the truth of God's love, the freedom that comes from that true knowledge. And so we, be, we can become enslaved to certain fears, to certain thoughts. And the Lord wants to set us free from those lies. Remember that Jesus referred to the devil as the father of lies. And so you can ask the Lord, what, what toxic thoughts have I come into agreement with about myself, about God, about my past, about my future, about the present? Like, it's hopeless, or I'm unlovable, or I should be ashamed of myself. Sometimes it can look and feel... And sound like more of survival mode. Like I have to take care of myself. Nobody takes care of me. Or nobody cares about me. I'm a burden. I'm weak. I'm stupid. 
it's impossible, it's hopeless, I'm scared, I'm afraid of failing, I'm afraid of being rejected, I'm afraid of being abandoned. These kinds of thoughts and feelings that the enemy comes after us with. The Lord wants to help us combat those things with truth, with his spirit. And so that's where meditation can be helpful, not only to meditate on the Lord's life, which becomes a kind of standard, but we also bring our own life, as it said, the book of life, the book of our life, and we allow the Lord to, to read it to us, so to speak, to share his perspective with us. And that can be so helpful. That can be so helpful. Because he wants to affirm us just for who we are. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be free. But we all know sometimes that's easier said than done. I thought I would read too from Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Because it describes this battle, even for St. Paul, it was not easy. It's not easy for anybody. Although sometimes I think we believe that we should be doing better again, or that we should have more or do more. But it's a process. And that's not to make excuses. However, it's to be more at peace with the struggle itself, with the ups and downs. So here's St. Paul, chapter 7. We'll pick up here with uh, verse 13. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin working death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. Some of this is hard to follow, but he's talking about the law. The fact that God gave a law helped us to know that something was bad, not good for us. Because man's ability to know good from evil, right from wrong, became so distorted. And so finally, God intervened and revealed the law in a concrete way through Moses. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions. So again, this is St. Paul talking. For I do... For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. 
So then it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. Again, taken in context, not that the body is bad, but it's the, the, the sinful human nature that we've inherited. I can will what is right. In other words, I can want to do what is right, but I cannot do it. I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin, which dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I of myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. All right, well, all that to be said, it's a struggle. It's a struggle, even for St. Paul. So we can't just try harder. We just can't do better on our own. We have to use our will. That's true. We have to cooperate with God's grace. But without his grace, it's impossible. Without his grace, it's impossible. And so we keep asking for the help. And we ask God to identify for us how and when we tend to get tripped up, where we struggle. What are the triggers, you might say, that cause us to be anxious, to be angry, to be lustful, to be envious, to be jealous, etc. Where do we feel like we have to, to fight or where do we feel like we have to run away, that fight or flight mode? Where do we freeze? Where do we get paralyzed be, because of fear? Where do we go into people-pleasing mode? So these are all forms of, of bondage, so to speak, that God wants to liberate us from so that we can experience the freedom that God himself is and that he offers us. Because his pure love is free. It's, it's completely, it's totally free. He's free to give it. And he's also free to receive it. And so we ask God to help us continue to seek him. To seek him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. That's what he told. The Samaritan woman. 
He said to her, The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. He will show us all things. That's a great prayer. Lord, show me. Lord, show me who I am. Lord, show me who you are. Lord, show me where I'm struggling. Lord, show me the way out. Show me the truth that will set me free. Help me to experience the truth. Help me to experience your love, your unconditional love, more and more. So that I don't have to be in survival mode. So that I can thrive. So that I can thrive. And that is God's will for us. That we thrive. That we become the best version of ourselves. But again, that doesn't happen overnight. Really, it's, it's a lifelong process of maturing in love. God calls us all to continue to mature in love. And so we ask for that grace. God, help me to keep growing in love. Help me to keep growing in my friendship with you. Help me to experience what you want me to experience. And I'll just close here with a simple definition of contemplation. Let's start just on the natural level. When we contemplate something, what are we doing when we contemplate something? We're allowing that thing, think of a, a sunset, a sunrise, the mountains, the lake. It could be another person. When we contemplate something that captivates us, when we contemplate something that captivates us, we're allowing ourselves to be moved by it, to be captivated by it to be moved by it in some way. The beauty of it, are, so our exterior senses are being stimulated, you might say. They're being captivated, they're being drawn. They're being drawn in by that thing which we're contemplating. In a similar way, in the spiritual realm, as we meditate on something and then as we start to just imagine how the Lord has interacted and, and intervened in our lives and in the history of salvation, we can start to just contemplate that. So more than really thinking about it, we can just start to observe it with our interior senses.
and allow the Spirit to captivate us, allow the Spirit to impress himself upon our hearts, our imaginations, our intuition, our emotions, to the point where we are experiencing his presence, his goodness, and we're allowing ourselves to be moved by that. And sometimes we're actually able to have that experience that is deep and that is personal. And it's that kind of an experience that transforms us. That kind of experience of his love, of his mercy, his goodness, his kindness. More and more Experiences of that will transform us more and more, will set us free more and more. So Lord, we pray for that this afternoon. We pray for that. Help us, Lord, to contemplate your presence. Help us to contemplate Bethlehem or Calvary or the resurrection or any other scene from the gospel, any, any scene from our lives that we recall where you made your presence felt. In a life-giving way, in a healing way, in an affirming way, in a loving way. Help us to relish that. Help us to really appreciate that to have a new experience today. A new experience that will help us to keep growing in love, in faith and hope. Mother Mary, we ask you to take us by the hand here this afternoon as we have this time with Jesus. Take us by the hand. Teach us how to pray. Lead us into prayer. Lead us into an experience, an encounter with the living God, your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.